Well, after a couple of weeks off, Starting Stories is back. I'm back. Daryl's back. We have been away to sunnier or maybe sort of bigger party vibe places. Daryl, come on, fill us in. You've been, um, and I'm surprised actually survived your stag. Yeah, I did survive, Meg. Um, it, I got off a little bit lightly, I must admit, other than jumping out of an aeroplane. Um, but nice. yeah, in, in terms of like the day-to-day stuff, I, I got off all right, not too bad, but it was hectic, but it was really sunny. It was really nice. The uh, jumping out of a plane experience is just, it's out of this world. Like it is a memorable thing to do, but don't know if I'd do it again. It was terrifying. Some of the, some of my <laughs> mates, I saw some different sides of some of my friends that day on the flight up from the runway up to 15,000 feet before you're being thrown out the door. That really separates the men from the boys, if you like. <laughs> and, uh, a few of them are very scared. But you look more tanned than I do. Where have you been? Yeah, I, I have been to Mykonos. So um, it was a nice break straight after Royal Alaska. And off we went for a couple of days. And uh, yeah, we, we got the sun. We didn't jump out of any planes. We very much stayed in uh, in our <laughs> plane. But um, no, it was, it was nice to get away. And yeah, we've had a, a, a busy couple of weeks. Obviously, we've had a couple of weeks off from the pod, having had obviously Ascot week and then um I was away as well so we've got a, a few things definitely to to catch up on and I suppose there's no better place than to start with Ascot I guess um I imagine from a punter's point of view it was a nightmare there were so many big price winners I think uh, it's fair to say people were struggling to to find too many winners amongst the week yeah, it was. I'm, I'm kind of glad I went away this week, really, because um, it, it just looked like a nightmare. It started straight off in the Queen Anne with triple time winning at 33-1. I kicked myself about this horse, Meg, because I, I was toying with him, thinking that he was like one of the ones that could potentially, this is not after time, I don't know after time, but this is like <laughs> potentially one of the horses that could, you know, spring into life, and uh, he, he did. I got out of day one all right. I had River Tiber that I backed on the back on the back of the news of the Saturn news, which we'll touch on in a minute, I, I suspect. Um, but there were other little things throughout the week, even on day one, like Brad Cell. I, I thought drop it. I thought this was always wanted five furlongs and like ne- I never even even give him a second look in the King stand and he drops back to five furlongs the first time it goes and bolts up. So it was a frustrating week for me. But throughout the week I didn't really get too involved because I was away and I had other things in my mind. So I, I got out lightly, I'd like to think. Um, but I suspect there's people out there, punters out there that have been really shafted that week and got, mm. you know, really taken a whack. But it's what very was strange. It? Was it six or seven favourites? Was that it? That one or something? Yeah. It was really light. Yeah, and it's very, and a lot of people were telling me that you know the form book's not standing up. And it's, I, to be honest, for me, it's been a very very strange flat season so far. I don't think a lot of form has stood up. I think. I think it's been very messy. Uh, we've yet to have really real standout stars, if you like. Um, we've only got to look at Paddington winning the St. James' Palace, the way he stepped forward out of handicap company. Mm. Not really had those stars bursting onto the scene. So uh, form has been a very mixed, but I'm sure a lot of people got stung last week. Yeah, it was, um, fr- from from what I hear, I think people were uh, slightly frustrated and uh, finding, it, finding it pretty tricky. Those who might have managed to bag a big prize winner will be absolutely laughing because like some of them 150 to one six six is third threes like so if you were the lucky person who liked the colors or liked the look of the horse or whatever because i feel like that was the <laughs> only way you were getting those prices um then you you've probably come out of vasca all right and if you were there you might have just about been able to afford your jug of pims because they are an absolute fortune on track um but it was 
still, a, a, you know, it was a great week. And I think as well, it was nice to see that there was a huge array of trainers and connections that were winning. It wasn't the good old Finn Charlie Appleby all the time or the continuous Aidan O'Brien. I know, don't get me wrong, Aidan had a, had a great week, but we saw a good mix of different owners, different trainers, different jockeys as well, getting the opportunity to land their winners. And I thought that was, you know, one of the biggest positives for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even different types of horses, like you're looking at like, like National Hunt horses coming back for Royal Ascot here with a horse with no name and, and Vauban. And, and, you know, it, was, it had everything that week. It, it did have everything that week. <laughs> even if it had the money out of your pocket, it kind of had everything. Uh, it, it was a good week. But yeah, it's not one I kind of want to remember, but um, I'm going to be looking at it very closely because I do think Royal Ascot form tends to stand up over, over the course of time, despite the fact that there's big, some big price runners in there and big price winners. Um, so it's definitely not a meeting just to overlook completely just because of the price of the winners. Um, and if we're going to ask you for, before we talk about kind of eye-catching stuff, was there a horse that stood out for you and also a horse that sort of disappointed you during the week? Um, the the horse that stood out for me was was Vauban. I just thought, I, I could not believe he was he was two to one in the morning. Like coming off a mark of one hundred and one, I just thought he absolutely blitzed the field, and he's going to be a group. I can't believe flat. of all the flat flat races at Astor, <laughs> you choose the bumper. Yeah, well, like <laughs> he was seriously impressive, and I think the horse in second is. I think the form's going to stand up there, and I think the horse in second is also Willie Mullins. Also, I think absurd could go to the uh, Ebor. So, mm. um, I, I think it's a, a race to not only be in awe of Vauban, um, You know, he's promised so much in such a short space of time, and he's delivered so much. But his form, I think, is going to work out, and I think I'd keep it, be keeping absurd on side for the for the Ebor. So that's kind mm. of the way I look at things. You know, when horses stand out to you and or, or great. Performance, performances i kind of look at it as from what can i get out of this next time really <laughs> yeah I've, to be fair i feel you know i'm i am obviously taking the mitt because it because it is a you know jump horse coming back onto the flat but it was the copper horse it was the mile six race like you say you've got the ebors and races like that i'm sure in the back of minds will potentially be melbourne cup stuff like that yeah um so yeah it wasn't actually the three mile you know sort of plodders <laughs> yeah which really is the jumpers race but um no he was he was impressive Vauban was very impressive um what, what was you? that sorry what for me my standout performance yeah so tricky i mean you can't not be impressed with Mustabshir, can you? Um, Mustabshir, is that the right one? Uh, Mustadaf. Mustadaf, I get them all muddled up, all the names. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> Mustadaf, um, who absolutely made fools of everyone in the Prince of Wales and was, my word, so, so impressive. I mean, he's what now been given the highest handicap mark of any horse in, in training at the moment, I think. Um, I mean, that was pretty. He made him look silly. Like, yeah, he made him look like they were standing still, and they, and they're not they're not bad horses, are they? And he was forgotten about as well, I suppose. Yeah, he went off at ten to one in the market, not really given any sort of chance. He's he's absolutely dotted up there. Like mm. he he really has dotted up there. Made made Luxembourg and in a day I look very average. Yeah, exactly. About former Derby Derby winner and a multiple Group One winner. Yeah, it's a brilliant performance. Brilliant. Yeah, I thought that was a. a, a you know, proper sort of standout um, in regards to performances. Obviously, if you're sort of looking a slightly different picture, for me, I love the fact that Shaquille won for Julian Steve Camacho because, you know, they're a smaller team and the fact that they've 
been able to have uh, homebred from um, Martin Hughes and he's ended up being very, very talented for them to get a group one winner or a Royal Ascot winner for a small team like that. I, that was kind of my standout performance for like not the race itself, but more the general picture, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah, but even the race itself, like he shouldn't have been winning that, should he? The, the way he started, like, you know what I mean? Like, he should have been... It was a great performance, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a tremendous performance. He's won very closely in the end. So, geez, that's that's an improving horse. That has been rapidly improving all season. So, I'm quite pleased because I did actually tip him, so, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the added bonus as well. <laughs> um, okay, and what about the disappointment of the week? Well, it's obviously Alicefa, isn't it, in the in the Ribblesdale. I, do you know what, though? I, I do think she moved in contention like a very smart horse. I still, I, I'm not going to give up on her. Um, perhaps she just didn't see out the trip. To be honest, nothing really went right from the off. She was posted pretty wide on the bend. She had to circle the field. She came there very, very smoothly still, but just didn't have the finishing kick over a mile four. Perhaps coming back to a mile two, perhaps something like the NASA at Goodwood, where she was a very impressive in the time four, could be right up her street. I don't know what they're going to do with her, but... I definitely think coming back in trip, she's not short of speed, as we mentioned before, mm-hmm. about those sharp final two furlongs that she recorded at Goodwood. Um, she's a really nice horse, and just the way she moves through a race, you can tell that, that there is loads more to come from her. Uh, and I'm just, I'm not willing to to just throw her in the bin just yet. I think she's going to be a very smart horse. I, I would slightly forgive her as well because any horse that ran within about ten days of the meeting definitely didn't perform up to their very best. So. Although she was so impressive at Goodwood and it seemed as if she was totally in a canter, potentially it took more out of her than what you realise. And actually until they run again, you don't necessarily know because you never put them under that same pressure at home. So until they actually run, they could seem like they're, you know, absolutely A1 bouncing around. But she might have been a little bit more tired from Goodwood than you know, what everyone sort of expected. So I think, yeah. like you say, she deserves another chance. Um, I don't think we can rule her out just yet because I think she potentially still has, you know, huge amounts of ability. Totally agree. Totally agree. I hope so anyway, because she's a, she's a lovely looking filly. Um, <laughs> did you want to touch on a couple of eye catches from the meeting? Because I think... You yeah, got- we've got quite a few between us, I think, haven't we? Um, I sort of went for a couple of the younger horses, the two-year-old, as kind of usual, but... My older horse that I wanted to mention as an eye catcher was Wamaki, who obviously finished second in the coronation. Didn't necessarily have the smoothest run around, was stuck for a bit of room at a fairly crucial time. I'm not saying she'd have won, but she ran on pretty nicely. Um, and yeah, I think she's I think she's all right. I think she's she's pretty smart. You know, Rafe Beckett's always said he's thought plenty of her. She's probably disappointed a bit in the guineas, but on a day where so many disappointed does she need okay. does she need things to fall right for her though is she one of those I or? think it's too early days to say yeah. that to be honest with you like would she have been better if there'd been a stronger pace yeah I'd mm. say for sure you know the fact that she managed to quicken off a fairly sedate pace was was pretty impressive as well and you know like I say she did get a little bit stuck in traffic as well so I think she's okay and worth keeping an eye on yeah, I agree. I agree. She she was very, very impressive with that finishing effort. Talking of finishing efforts, Land Legend um, really caught the eye in the King George handicap, having been slowly away. Uh, got denied a clear run on a couple of, of occasions and just really steamed home. If you haven't watched this brace back, go and watch it back because 
this is a very well handicapped horse off a mark of 89. Now, the slight concern with him is that they've got two Group 1 entries lined up for him. Now, it, I hate it when you've got a horse that's very well handicapped and they try and go and throw him in the deep end. Yeah. It, it doesn't work out. And then all of a sudden they get put up to a mark of 106 because they finished fifth in a Group 1 or something silly like that. I think the slowly, slowly approach with him, I, I like he, he could be a big player at York, at the York Festival coming up. Um, Something like the Melrose, he's a he's a really nice horse, a strong stayer. He's improving with every single start. His start beh- uh, previous to that, he caught the eye at York behind Chesspiece, who's gone on to finish third in the Queen's Vars behind Gregory. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like he's really got a progressive profile, and off a mark of eighty nine, surely there is a he's he's a winner and waiting. He must be a winner and waiting. I the only thing I would say is I suppose the Group One entries were probably early closing at the start of the year they didn't know how much progression the horse was going to have and they probably you know ended him up yeah. in case he absolutely sparkled and ended up being rated 110 so you know when you that is the slight problem with the early entries when they're so early you know you're putting in horses that like you say end up with a profile that look like they're better to stay handicapping and come through the ranks a little bit so i'd be surprised if he did take up any of those sort of higher end entries and i'd like you say, would imagine, especially with connections, they, they're they the type of people that t- tend to prefer to bring horses along slowly rather than throw them in the deep end too much. So Yeah, I hope so, because he, he's got he's got a good few races in him yet. Um, he's a lovely horse, he is. I, like, I quite like the King George for uh, trying to find some, some hurdlers, actually. So, you know, maybe one or two on the radar. Although, unfortunately, nowadays you need very deep pockets to, to get hold of any of them. Um... <laughs> A couple of others, we both mentioned Relief Rally, who was just beaten in the Queen Mary. Um, she, well, looks like she's crying out for stepping up, doesn't she? Yeah, gee, she was just beaten and all. Like, I watched that back again this morning. She was just beaten. Another half stride, she wins that. But She was in yeah. front stride before and a stride after yeah was she was yeah it, it was it was so unlucky but look, the, the finishing effort she rallied uh, rattled off was was really impressive as well yes yeah, i mean there's a couple of starts before that she had looked like she would she was you know would be of interest if she stepped up and trip as well because she sort of hit a bit of a flat spot i think it was at carlisle hit a bit of a flat stop spot and then uh and then, then came on again up the finished off up the hill and you just thought you always knew she was going to finish off the race you just wonder if she was going to sort of get away with it. and uh, But the stiff six at, at Ascot, uh, it was six, wasn't it? Sorry, yeah. Um, Ascot really suited her. So stepping up, I, I think she's uh, I think she's got, a, she's got a bright future, definitely, that's for sure. Right, we're getting ourselves in a confuzzle conf- here. Why am I getting myself in a... Did I say well, six? Well, no, it might be me. You said I thought she ran in the Queen Mary. She did run in the Queen Mary, so... That's fine. Right. Yeah, sorry. She'll win over six or seven. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. so we're on the same page. She didn't run at Carlisle. No, Salisbury. Uh, why one. am I getting so confused? <laughs> you confused me then. I was like, I'm pretty sure she ran at Western <laughs> Salisbury. She ran in the first week. It's fine. It's first week but, back. First week back, Meg. A little yeah, bit we rusty. Need, we, we need a recharge, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway, if she does step up to the six furlongs, that could be pretty interesting. Could she end up in a Cheveley Park, something like that, later in the in the season down the line, I'm I'm not too sure, but she's clearly got an awful lot of ability. And William Haggis has always, you know, said that he's been impressed with her homework and and, and has always liked her. So, be interesting to see where she goes. Entries wise, she's actually got an entry in the Nunthorpe, 
She'd obviously have absolutely no weight on her back. And she has a couple of the sales races. Again, they're very early entries. Um, so she'll have been putting them at the start of the year. So it'd be interesting to see where she ends up going, um, whether they keep her at the five or whether they do allow her to step up um, to the six furlongs, which could bring further improvement. Yeah, she's definitely a sprinter, though, isn't she? Being my Kodiak, she's not. She, we're not looking. We're not talking about this horse for the for the one thousand guillies next year. No, I that. agree. She's. I think she's know. a similar like kind of model and type to Lazoo. You know, she's that type mm-hmm. of filly. She's not huge, but she's really compact and she's strong. She's got a big hind quarter. She's all a sprinter, yeah. So probably worth noting because they might they might try. You know, they they tend to try, don't they? Try to push the seven. And then perhaps if they get the seven, they might get the mile. So I would just bear that in mind because I, I think she's an out-and-out sprinter. So Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what route they end up taking. Um, but she's definitely, she was an eye-catcher for me. I think she's an eye-catcher for, for a lot of people. So she's worth keeping on side wherever she goes. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, when they connections know that they, they have probably um, more of a two-year-old. And what's tricky for for sprinting fillies is a the three-year-old program is rubbish i was trying yeah. to think of a polite word to say but rubbish <laughs> um there's not many opportunities against their own sex and there's not many opportunities in their own age group so it's, it's hard for the three-year-old fillies therefore i wouldn't be surprised to see her have quite a busy campaign this year and it wouldn't surprise me to see her at the breeders cup if she continues to progress um and sort of go down that route and and have plenty of runs this year and you know see see where she ends up but she's um definitely one to keep on side because there's plenty of ability there um in sport what's just as important as the goals the glory the roar of the crowd yes it's the halftime break time for a breather a reset to keep everything on track in sports betting betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too like timeouts so you take that all-important halftime break or deposit limits to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus be gamblerware.org. Any other sort of eye-catchers for you at Ascot? Uh, no, not really. We touched on Alice if I just keep her on side and, and land legend. They'll, they'll, they'll be the two for now because the ones that I have given have not done very well, Megan. Oh, am I still winning? Yes, you are. Well, you, you've only had three, haven't you? You've had Westover, Thunder Blue and El Cabello. Okay. And yeah, a Thunder, Thunder Blue is one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've had, Do- I've had Dawn of Liberation it's lost, although I didn't know he's going to run in the Hunt Cup next time out. Elite Status was beaten, obviously, at Royal Ascot. Yeah, that was a change. Suwa went out and was beaten. I think that's going to be it. I think they're looking for a handicap mark for that horse. Semsa didn't run the same sort of race he did previously at Goodwood next time. And obviously, Al Asifa was beaten at uh, Royal okay. Ascot. So, tough, tough start because it was a Royal meeting. But So, um, we can share Relief Rally. Yeah. You've got Al Asifa still. I've got Remarque and you've got Land Legend, which means I get yeah. one more. Go on, then. I'm going to also add in Inquisitively who ran a huge race to be placed in the Windsor Castle for Ollie Sankster. Um, This horse, I think there's plenty to come. Still, obviously, early days with a young trainer and the fact that he's managed to run so huge in the Windsor Castle with such little experience. I, I The race he ran in at Windsor first time out is a race that's worked out quite nicely. And I think that there's a pretty solid form there the fact that he then boosted it by running so well at Asker is, is a massive plus and I think he's going to be um 
you know, doing all right this year. I'm, I'm not sure. I actually didn't check if he's got any entries in some of the sales races. Super Sprint or something like that, if he was entered, would be made for him. Not in. No. No. Good okay. winner of that Windsor Castle, though, wasn't it? Good winner of that Windsor Castle. Yeah, it was. It was a it was impressive winner for, for McAppleby, who mm. isn't best known for big two-year-old winners. So it's nice to see them. You know, he's very good with his sprinters. It's nice to see them get a get a nice winner with a two-year-old as well. But this just this horse just he caught my eye. I think he wants keeping on side. Um, like you say, he's not he's not in the super swim, which is a shame. He obviously he probably wasn't qualified, but something like that would really suit him. A fast one race, I think he's got um a bit more to come. So he was my other eye catcher from Asker. Brilliant. Perfect. They're all noted but down. You, I believe, have one from elsewhere. What's that? Dream Harder. Did you want to mention him? Oh, well, no. It's just, I was just frustrated, Meg. Dream, Dream Harder. He's a, this is a lovely horse. This is a well-handicapped horse. And I just wanted to bring him up, actually, just to ask you, right, why – I see this so many times. Why do trainers jock up someone like William Buick Right on the horse, the horse runs a blinding race, perhaps unlucky in the run or is just beaten. Um, and then next time I see them entered in, and this is no disrespect to, to amateur riders or anything, but I see <laughs> them in amateur rider handicaps, and I'm thinking, I can't back this horse now in an amateur rider handicap. Right, I, I can't, I, I can't do it to myself. Right, it'd be my own fault if I did. And then they go and run moderately to finish third or fourth why do they waste the opportunity when a horse is hot and I, and again <laughs> i don't mean to say it's a waste opportunity for an amateur to get an amateur rider on but for me it is like i want to i want a proper jockey that's going to throw the, the kitchen sink at this horse and, and okay. break the line. so you're happy that he finished fourth at chester the fourth at chester was was brilliant yeah okay, i was, he was held up he was held up short of room Ran on, went fourth, eye catcher. He then next time ran in the um, Queen Mother's Cup at York Ladies Amateur Race, where he finished second behind a horse that just doesn't stop improving in um, Kiva of Adrian Keatley's. But Dream Harder was again towards the rear, again slightly hampered this time by a loose horse, so no fault of anyone's. Kept on, but no match for the winner, beaten three lengths and finished second. But you're saying that that was disappointing. Yeah, well, it's disappointing because I know that if I'm going to go and back, a, I, I want to back this horse. I know if I go and back him in an amateur jockey's handicap, right? I right. know that if that horse performs poorly because of an inexperienced rider, okay. then I, it's my own fault for doing okay, that. But, but he was seven to one. You liked his form. He had an experienced rider in Alice Stevens on board. Yep. So what put you off because he then went and got ridden by a professional at Carlisle was favourite and finished sixth yeah he ridden far too close to the place in that time right so you're saying to me there that the amateur actually gave him a better ride he was a bigger price and you probably should have trusted the fact that she's quite experienced compared to some of the other ladies that were riding there and that 71 was a good price having been an eye catcher first time out not necessarily. I understand what you say. Alice Stevens won the race the previous year as well. Like she, she's she's a capable rider. It's just mm -hmm. it's just sometimes that the judge of pace in amateur handicaps, even when Alice mm -hmm. Stevens is riding, and this is no disrespect to Alice Stevens, mm -hmm. sometimes the judge of pace is is not up to par. And this was a prime example where Alice Stevens, and I don't want to knock the ride, but gave um Kivar first run for too long and then decided to go, then was hampered, and then it happened. So instead of sort of judging the pace and going with 
Kivar, you know, which I would have expected from a normal jockey. It didn't. But either way, I'm just wondering why, what goes through trainers' minds when, you know, obviously they think putting them into these amateur rider handicaps that the riders are more than capable, obviously. But I just feel that sometimes it's a wasted opportunity. Okay. Um, I understand maybe sometimes that might happen. But um, in this instance, I am going to call you out and say you were wrong because <laughs> the race at York is a valuable handicap. It's a um, like well-traditioned race that's been around for a long time. Alice Stevens is a good pilot who rides regularly for Ian Williams. Ian Williams is a big supporter of the amateur races and amateur series. But in this instance, irrelevant of that, he's ran in a class three at Chester when he was hampered, dropped in, ran on to finish fourth. He's then ridden exactly the same way up in trip at York in another class three and has ran outran his old odds to finish second when hampered by loose horse. I understand that you think the winner got first run, not disputing whether he did or not. I don't think that Dream Harder could have caught him at all. He then drops in grade back in a professional race. He's favourite. He gets ridden close to the pace and he doesn't go as well. So actually in this circumstance, I believe Ian Williams has done what he thinks is the right race for the horse, not whether it's an amateur or not. Now, if the conditions were exactly the same at York, but it was a professional race, Ian probably would have run the horse because he obviously felt that the track, the trip, the conditions were right for him, having run well at Chester before, right? Right. He obviously has faith in his rider who rides a lot of horses in the amateur races for him. So that's not even a question in his mind. Now, sometimes in an amateur race, you might have the owner's support ex-jockey or the jockey is connected to that yard or whatever it might be and experienced or inexperienced they run it for those reasons as well as thinking the race is fine you know it's not necessarily just because that's the perfect race there might be other races as well but they're trying to support their amateur in this circumstance i don't think ian williams would have worried if it was an amateur race apprentice race or a professional race I think this horse was going to head for something where the conditions were perfect for him. And now he's ran probably a career best to finish second. So I think in these <laughs> terms, seven to one, second, I think you have got it wrong and you're kicking yourself. Maybe I've got it wrong, but mm. like I, I, as a punter, I can't back, I can't back in amateur rider handicaps. I know you say it's a class three at York. It's for me, it's not a class three. Like, none of those horses that are running up to the, not, are not running up to the level of ability that they can do. And therefore, I don't think a class three amateur handicap is the same as a class three professional handicap. That would just okay, be... Okay, well, then in that case, it's good placing from a trainer to run it in a grade where they're probably not quite up to it and they've finished second and picked up some good prize money in a class three. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's my own uh, my own rules that have let me down there, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, talking well, about, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> talking of amateur um, riders, should we talk about the Irish Derby? <laughs> Wow. Ooh, that, that is a dig. I was gonna yeah, I was gonna bring up the Irish Derby. I didn't think there was any amateurs riding in that, but come on, who are you calling out? Wow, well, look, sometimes you've just got to say it as it is, haven't you? Right. Like like listen, Shamie Heffernan has been a, a you know a, a model of consistency throughout his entire career, but th this ride on, on Adelaide River wasn't wasn't right for me. Right, like, what happened? What was wrong? Well look. Look, right, I'll tell you, the one thing I want to get clear about this is, right, is I'm not just saying it just on a visual point of view, yeah? So the Irish Derby 
had a finishing speed of 114%, right? There were the last three furlongs were covered in 33.6 seconds, which is ridiculously fast. Yeah, with a huge tailwind, yeah. With a ridiculously fast... Regardless, it, what it would tell you is that the, if the overall time is, is, is pretty much bang on the standard, then it's been a, a fairly steadily run race and they've quickened up the home straight. Now, Adelaide River had good position, obviously, in the race. He had made, yeah. made the run in the race. Um, and I felt that Jamie Heffern, and if you watch the ride he gives this horse in the Irish Derby compared to the ride he gives, compared to the finishing effort, he gives the same horse in the Epsom Derby. Right. It's too contrasting you know he, he's throwing everything at, at him in the epsom derby and he's not doing so here um look right. it i understand like i actually even went back and thought maybe he's a horse that doesn't really respond to the stick and maybe you know he, he's not he's, he's going to give it some of them horses give everything under hands and heels and don't find a lot for a pressure anyway that's not the case with adelaide river and i just don't understand why he's just sat for so long on this horse and not really I don't feel he has ridden out to the best possible position. I know, I understand perhaps he wasn't the best horse in the race. I don't think he would have won the race, but I still want to see him be competitive in a race. So he went off at 33 to one. There's people at home. And this is who I think of when I, when I talk about these sort of things that happen in racing is that there's people at home who have perhaps sat there and gone through the race and studying the form. Perhaps they're new to racing. They're trying to find a little angle or whatever. They've come up with Adelaide river Maybe it's because it's only his third start on good ground. Perhaps they like the run in, in, at Epsom. You know, they backed him at 33 to 1. I don't think that they've got a fair run for their money, in, in all but honesty. But you just said that he couldn't have won anyway, so... Well, I, but but I, I'm just saying, from pr- from previous experience, I think that August Roden was the best horse in the race, but... I'm saying we don't know how much these three-year-olds improve from start from from one start to the next. And if you're not throwing the the kitchen sink at Adelaide River to find out, then he's never going to win anyway, is he? But Ryan Moore said if they went faster, and obviously we we unfortunately we um, had an incident in the race with San Antonio, which yeah, we should you know very sad what happened with him but ultimately that did have an effect on positions and you know whatever throughout the, the race as well however if ryan moore set, says that if the pace had been stronger then we would have seen a better performance from the winner so is jamie not doing what he thinks is best in going a steady pace and thinking that actually if he turns into a sprint his horse has got a better chance than if he goes out and out relentless gallop and therefore that's better for the august rodent yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not questioning the ride of the entire race. I'm questioning. Right, so you're the, questioning I'm, the final. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm questioning the. Okay. Like, if, so if anything, if anything, from a tactical point of view, it was a very good ride from from, from Shamey right, okay, until yeah. the final furlong when he's not really w- willing to push the button and, and okay. ask everything. But when Ryan Moore goes past on August Rodan, yeah, yeah, did Adelaide River suddenly pick up? No. No, but no. but no. what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, hold on, hold on, what I'm saying is, is that Ryan hasn't just gone past. Like Shamey, if you watch that, Shamey has sat there for for. He's not even been 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 asking for a for a maximum effort from him. He's just been sat there to allow Ryan. Ryan looked like he was treading water for a moment on on uh, August Roden, and perhaps there is a way of getting August Roden beat, and that's to go a steady pace and turn things into a sprint. Now, all I'm saying is is that uh, 
at the time when Ryan is behind him, there is no, at no point has Shamey gone for everything until Ryan has gone past him and then he's brought the whip through. Now, yeah, but the only thing I'm going to say is when he did that, the horse didn't find for pressure. He didn't suddenly start running on. August Rodin was going away from him the further he went, not the other way around. He didn't suddenly start running on and start closing on him again. So as a rider, if you're a furling out, two furlongs out, whatever, you've made the running, once you start niggling or just applying a little bit of pressure, letting an engine rain out, whatever, you get a feel of how much is left underneath you, right? Okay. Now, Shamey might be thinking, I am running on empty. And if I go for everything two furlongs out, I'm going to, engine's cutting out, I'm finishing out the back, right? So if he's had an easy lead, there's a tailwind into the straight, which is going to help the horses that are prominent, obviously, because there'd been a headwind all, all the way down the back, they turn in, it's going to be hard for closers, yeah? So for Jamie, if he's made the run-in and he's had an easy time of it out in front and he's thinking, I need to hold on and hold on and hold on for what I've got left, right? Then he's going to do what he feels is best underneath him, okay? So when Ryan comes to Jamie, right, Jamie's probably thinking, I haven't got an awful lot underneath me. If I sent that two down, I'd have finished fourth, not second. So he's trying to ride his horse to how he feels, yeah? When Ryan obviously comes to him, Jamie's going through the motions. If he hit that 15 times or if he hit it twice, it wouldn't make a difference. The horse was trying. Okay, Shamey that's the point, though. That's the point. That is, like, You've made a very good case of it, but that's the point. If he would have hit the horse, he didn't hit the horse. Yeah, but and it wouldn't therefore... have made a difference. That's the point. It wouldn't have made a difference because, because the horse was given everything, right? And as a rider and as a top-level professional, if you watch these the, the, the top elite group, you don't see these jockeys absolutely bang, bang, bang. A lot of the time, they might give two or three flicks and put their whip down because if they know their horse is giving them absolutely everything... Like, what are you asking for? You can hands and heels right. and the horse is still responding for you, right? Now, Shamey knows that when Ryan's got upside him and is starting to go away from him, if he gives it five, six, seven, ten, however many you want to say, that horse can't give any more because he knows that he is running on empty. They've got a furlong left. If he absolutely flitters it, it's going to make no difference. One, you can't do that with the rules anymore. Two, it doesn't look good. And three, it makes no difference. The whip is there to encourage and to help, you know, to respond and, and encourage the horse to go forward. Now, Shami feels that the horse is giving everything without it. He's not going to suddenly go bang, bang, bang. Okay, so then so, so then it, here's, here's the, the problem then, yeah, right? So if Shami's riding for a different yard, right, you probably don't have you 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 probably make your case and i'll probably go yeah do you know what you're probably right right so the, the problem for me lies in the fact that in top class races in group one races um on the flat and in grade one races over hurdles we have two trainers that tend to dominate these races with multiple numbers of runners in there yeah so if you look at this this year what did he have five five of the whatever in the field 
um, from Aidan O'Brien's yard. In 2020, he had six of the 14. 2019, he had five of the eight in the Irish Derby, right? So why, instead of instead of allowing this to continue, because this is not just the first time that this has been brought up about, you know, a bally duel trying to let like get a first string to win or, or whatever, why are we allowing then trainers to have so many runners in top class races which where they can dictate and they can have an effect on the outcome whether it be through race tactics or, or yeah whatever. but i would say what i would say is how many times have we seen that ryan's on the wrong horse or that one of the outsiders has gone and won because it's improved or you know Do you whatever not think that this McNamara, when he won the derby the english army emmett mcmara serpentine yeah. sent it right when Right gallop out in front, but do you know what? It was a right gallop for his horse, and it won. But do you not think this is just the? Do you not think that this just is just coincidental? Where the fact that August Roden is looking to be a a, a, a dual Derby winner, and for no. the breeding purposes, this makes more sense. If he gets beat by Adelaide River, it's 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 detrimental. If he if they've now got a two, because I think you're winner. looking into it too deep. I don't Genuinely. think I am. I don't. I, I do you know what? I, I know what I, I know what I saw. I watched the race, and I felt if I would have backed him, and I didn't back him, I didn't back anything. In the but race. I don't think Shamey would have done any different if he was riding for Jessica Harrington or if he was riding for Joe Lyons or whoever it might be. I don't think Shamey would have given a different ride if he rode to his instructions. He rode to his feel. I don't think he'd have done anything different if he was beaten by the better horse on the day. He's beaten by the better horse, whether he smacks it once, five times, or fifteen times, whatever. But, it doesn't make it right. Okay, no. I, 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 we'll have to agree to disagree because we're yeah, being we all day. Will. But but I, I'm 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 just looking at it from a punter's perspective, and I feel that if you if you back that horse, I don't feel that you have gotten everything out, out of the horse. I don't think think you got everything out of your jockey at that point, and I just feel like it's sad that it just gets skipped over like it's nothing. So I'm glad we've had this debate because you put across a good, a good case. We'll have to agree to disagree from, from two sides that's of the fine. table, but that's, 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 that's fine. <laughs> we have had quite a long debate on this, so we actually are sort of getting on with the old time. But yeah. I'm just quickly going to ask your opinion on the eclipse, which is obviously coming up this weekend. Looks like it's going to be a pretty small field. Yeah, it is. It was last year as well, wasn't it? It was um, was it four, was it four runners last? Yeah, year? last year it was tactical and it was muddling and it was there was you know inquiries and all sorts going on. Yeah, um, Paddington's an interesting horse. Like he, he's 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 been well supported for this, I think, since obviously they've known that they've known he's going to be going for it. He's into six to four. Um, I think oh five to four with the Betfair Sportsbook actually. I, he's he's. It's hard. This is sort of the race where you really get the feel of how good the three-year-olds are when they come up against those older horses. This is sort of the first time you're really having a, a taste of what it is. I think me and you have both mentioned that we're not entirely convinced that the three-year-olds have been at that peak level this year. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I thought that more so about the milers than the mile and a half horses. Yeah, so... Stepping up in trip, Paddington, up to a mile two, I don't think the trip will be an issue... I'm not sure that I'm not sure I'd be backing him at uh, five to four towards the top of the market for this and taking on the older horses. Um, Emily Upjohn, is she your pick? She she's very interesting. Yeah, I do I do like I did like that run at Epsom last time. I did I did I, I know we both thought that Westover you know was uh, unfortunate. I suppose to, to you know he should have done a little bit better. I think Anne Matt's quite interesting. I yeah. think this is an improving horse, and yeah. uh, I think he's been written off a little bit by the market. I think he's around seven to one with a Betfair Sports, but it, like, he, he was beaten by a day on, on seasonal return. But 
he came on for that winning that long shot next time, beating light infantry. Like yeah. he, if you look at his RPRs throughout his career, they're very, very progressive, and, and we might see an improved performance from him yet. So I think at the minute he's the value. I'll, I'd be okay. interested to see what what comes out and and how the tactics unfold and pacemakers and stuff like that. So it'd be small field, but it's definitely interesting. Yes, definitely interesting. Who do you like anyone? I, I sort of same with you. I think it's it's tricky. I think I think I will prefer. Have, I, I'll have a, a better idea once the draws come out because I think I'll prefer my choice when I see where they're drawn if they're going to likely get boxed in, which can happen at Sandown, where they get to sit if they're likely to be one off the rail, stuck in whatever it is. So I think yeah. I'll have a stronger opinion once the the draws are out. So I've got a couple of days to wait. <laughs> happy days um so yeah but we've had quite a dramatic pod i suppose <laughs> lots of lots of debates going on uh, but hopefully we found a couple of eye catchers hopefully we've put cases forward from sort of both points of view in regards to the irish derby and i will look forward to catching up with hopefully some more eye catchers interesting coral eclipse chat for next week and everyone who is having a go please gamble responsibly hopefully you can find lots of winners hopefully daryl has a better week than ascot um, <laughs> now you're now you're now you're back in the country there's no excuses i know you'll be having a, a a good look on the weekend so good luck and uh yeah hopefully everyone's in good form next week <laughs>